Hello, and again, welcome to Bit Depth. I'm Santiago Ramones. Across from me is Jesse White Deer. How are you doing, man? Thanks Pretty for good. coming all this way. <laughs> no problem. I anything I uh, I couldn't think of anything better than on a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so first of all, who are you? What do you do? Well, my name is Jesse White Deer. I run White Deer Entertainment, which is a booking and promotion company out of Ada, Oklahoma. Beautiful Ada, Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I do that and book and promote shows, do a little bit of uh, graphic design and all the grunt work outside of playing music. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, how does one want to become a booking person (laughs) (laughs) i think for for me it's really out of necessity yeah because at that so i've been doing it about three or four years Mm. and i think um i'm trying to think so prior to myself there were there were a few sparse people they would do something like um they would book a show but there was no consistency i take that back Uh, outside of my friend uh john um, there was really no consistency for like right, right. heavier music. Mm-hmm. So I started doing, we, st- I say we, me and uh, a few of my friends started doing like heavy metal, hardcore, those mm-hmm. type of shows out at the uh, ECU ballroom. So essentially you would rent it out for $200 and you couldn't smoke or drink there, but you could have a show there. <laughs> sure. You could charge people. Yeah. You could charge people money at the door. So, so we started doing that, but it was really a necessity because the only place that was playing music the only two places, rather, were Vintage 22, and and they do, like, singer-songwriter, indie artists, yeah, some yeah. of that. And then uh, The Village, which The Village is very white supremacy. Ooh. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if people... <laughs> well, there's people of color that go there. But the last time I went there, there were guys playing pool, and then they were, like, high-fiving and yelling, like, white power to each other and stuff. That's yeah. yeah so That's, I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is for me. But no, uh, so we started doing the um, like heavy metal shows mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So um, my first show was of January of 2016, I think. Okay. Yeah. So that was, and it was with like, I think the Tooth, um, Our Mother's Martyr, Obron, and Earth Falls Before Me, okay, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Rep them bands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, how did you first get started in music? In music. So, um, when I was, so I'm Native American for all you listening. <laughs> if you can't tell by the last name, anyways. <laughs> um, so my family and I, we grew up stomp dancing. So, okay. stomp dancing is like a form of Native American group dancing so it's with like with the choctaws and seminoes and creeks um you know we do that so uh when i was in high school and a little bit earlier before that Mm. we would we would travel and stomp dance cool so it's always so music's always been a part of my life and i've always enjoyed you know music obviously um you know i grew up singing in like the church and i so all these things associated with that. And, um, but yeah. And then, uh, when I was 16, my oldest brother, Jameson gave me 
uh, a copy of Appetite for Destruction by okay. Gene Moore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the first time I heard, and I had heard like, excuse me, I had heard, heard other bands before that. But mm. when I heard, like, I just fell in love with that record because yeah. when I heard, you know, Slash's guitar and I heard um, Axel Wild's vocals mm-hmm. and, you know, and all this stuff, it was just like this, like a wall of sound. Oh, yeah. So from there, that went to like Judas Priest and then eventually you get into like Slayer and all that. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then, um, and then just like helping friends, helping friends book shows, being around musicians, you know, mm. kind of made me appreciate it more. Yeah. So you, uh, what do you play? Well, I play a few chords on the ba- the bass. Other than that, though, <laughs> I just you know do the booking promotion. Right, right. Yeah. Um. So I mean, how did how did you become the guy? Essentially. <laughs> well, um, I was the only one really doing it consistently <laughs> because um, prior to me, there was my my good friend John Bomboy. The great John Bomboy, uh, he um, he was doing shows at Vintage, mm. and then there were like a few like um, like my buddy DJ uh, from Obron, DJ Bryant. They would like do shows at the ballroom every now and then, and then there would be like Casey Howard would do some shows. Uh, one of the first shows that I seen that I thought to myself like that'd be cool to do was um, this program called uh, Josh Fest, which was put on by uh, Chris Shannon. So when I first seen that, I was like, all right, that'd be something interesting. Yeah, yeah. But um, really through consistency, because I started doing shows at, like, the EC Ballroom. So we were doing those uh, three or four times a year. And then we graduated to the Elks Lodge and then eventually Grandview. Mm. And then um, just within the last year, uh, John kind of handed the reins over to me through Vintage. Mm-hmm. And, and before that, I was doing like a month here, a month there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with, so I've just been doing that. And it's just really, I'm the only one really doing it <laughs> that I, you know, at least consistently. Mm-hmm. And there's been, there's been a few uh, venues, you know, that have had shows or hosted shows. Um, my good friend Casey Howard, he actually owned a bar called Sessions. And he was booking for about a year. So he was doing booking and I mm. would kind of guess book there. Yeah. What does it take to be a booking person? Like, do you, do you just know people and that's just how it goes? Or is there a, a lot more than just like sending emails, obviously? Well, <laughs> right. Um, it's, I tell people that it's a lot of, um, it's not hard. It's just a lot of like busy work. Yeah. And um, to kind of add on to what I was saying earlier, and I forgot about you, David. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> my good friend, the illustrious David Piercy and Deanna Piercy, they own and operate HMA. And mm-hmm. they were doing shows at, as well. And they were going to where they would book like uh, restaurants and just all over. So they, they were doing that as well uh, before me. But to kind of answer your question, um, it is just a lot of busy work. Just a lot of like, hey, you need to be here on this time. We need to do this. Because mm-hmm. I think that um every everything really needs that it needs that kind of person that kind of organizes yeah 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 so <laughs> yeah just that really since you're the booking person what do you prefer that the bands say to you cuz cuz there's always like a good way and a bad way it's not like hey man give me this show <laughs> like 
What's the best way to communicate um, with the booking person? I think for me is uh, being professional, I think. But um, definitely whenever I message a band, um, I usually have everything in my head, what, what, I, what I want. So, for example, if I was to offer you a show at Vintage, okay, well, you play August 5th and you play, or August 4th, rather, because we do, it, do them every Friday. Mm. So August 4th, um, we can give you this amount of money, you know, load-ins at 8, uh, you start at 9, you play till 12, breaks whenever. And, you know, and I try to make it easy, easy mm-hmm. digestible. So for me, um, I much prefer the same. Now, understandably, I know some people are a little bit, uh, they're not as good at, at communication as others. <laughs> so I think anything other than like, hey, man, um, we're in a band. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like sure. I, I've gotten that or I've I've gotten someone that... Um, uh, later on, he went to call himself like I think, enlightened Chris or like I I can't remember some spiritual Chris or something. Mm. But this uh, early when I was doing this stuff, he messaged me and he was like, "Hey, bro," he said, "Uh, I rap." I was like, "Okay, yeah, that's that's a weird <laughs> thing to say. Yeah, that, that's a weird icebreaker." But um, mm. no, and he was just like, "Yeah, well," and then so I had asked him. I said, "Well, okay," and he was like, "Oh, well, I mean, I'm a Christian rapper." Mm. So I think for me. Um, is just telling me what you want, the name of your band, and then what kind of genre are you playing? Mm-hmm. Because you know, at Vintage, there is like some bands we just can't, we just don't do heavy metal, sure, you know, stuff like that. So, as long as it's easy to easily digestible, mm-hmm. it's good. Um, and then, I mean, there's there's lots of times, and I've kind of heard stuff from Electra as well that like sometimes people are. Uh, like you said, you prefer people to be professional and sometimes people are unprofessional or they show up late or whatever. What does that do to you? <laughs> well, it's, um, you know, and shout outs to Electra. Mm. <laughs> she's, she's a woman, you know, so the, uh, you know, the woman, the queen of Oklahoma City booking. Oh, hell yeah. As far as I'm concerned. Hell so, yeah. <laughs> hey, Electra, get your props. <laughs> now, um, for me, like... It just says it's not a good look, you know, and I think that um, it's like with any job. If you work at Walmart or Home Depot or whatever, you know, if you show up late, <clears throat> if you show up late and you you say things like, well, you know, they they say, OK, well, why why were you late? You know, you're 10 minutes late. Well, you know, I don't know, man, like, you know, well, I had this to do and I had this to do or like, well, like I just didn't feel like coming in or, well, I was at home like practicing. That's why I'm late. <laughs> You know, I, I've gotten that. So it's just not like, not a good look. Yeah. It's yeah. just, you know, I understand some things happen, you know, and I've had, I have numerous stories to tell you about, mm-hmm. you know, people, why they were late, why they did, why they couldn't play, why this, why that. But it's just, I'm a pretty reasonable guy. But if you're just, if I get that you don't want to be there, why would I want to want you to be there? Right. Exactly. Why would I want to, because it's not my money. You know, early on, sure, it's my money. If I put on a show, it's my money. Mm-hmm. But over like Vintage 22 or the, or the lot, you know, it's their money. It's the bar owner's money. Mm-hmm. So they're trusting me to give you money to play a show. Yeah. So we have like an agreement. Mm-hmm. I message you, hey, this is the date to play. This is the time, so on and so forth. You message back, okay, sounds great. We're in a verbal agreement. Yeah. And it just isn't, it doesn't. 
it's just not a good look. This doesn't look good to me if you're late or if you're, you know, you don't want to be there mm-hmm. or you don't want to get off when you want to get off or, you know, start when you want to start, yeah. that old stuff. And mm-hmm. so it's just more of, you know, frustrating, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like the diva side too. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, and I, you know, and I, I'll say that um, a lot more like metal bands are more divas than like really, yeah, like singer songwriters <laughs> or you know anything. Like it's, it's. Uh, I think, unfortunately, with people, uh, you get a following, which is great. You know, mm-hmm. you should definitely go out there, promote yourself, play your style of music. And don't really conform to what anybody wants you to be. Mm-hmm. Definitely be your own individual. However, <laughs> uh, none of us are Metallica. None yeah. of us are like, you know, Green Day or none of us are Beyonce or whatever. Right. Like we're not, yeah. We're playing bars in Oklahoma. Yeah, like, like yeah, exactly. So you're <laughs> at most, you'd be do regional touring. And that that's very impressive. Yeah, yeah. And definitely once you get to a certain level, there are some things that you're going to kind of expect, you know, if you are getting a bigger band. Mm. So on my side of things, if I see that you can pull me, I don't know, upwards of 300 people guaranteed. Yeah. Or even like a smaller number, like 100 person guaranteed, mm. you know, then sure. Like maybe we can talk about like a higher pay rate. We can talk about a little bit more accommodations. Mm-hmm. But if you're like you played Oklahoma City and then you play Ada a few times and you're telling me, well, you know, um, I know we agreed on this amount, but I want like, I want double that yeah. just because like there's got to be, I mean, and that's not being like a jerk or anything. It's just there. It's give and take. Right. There's, there's a balance between knowing your worth and also like knowing your worth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and you know, and like on the flip side of things, um, if you if you have a following, and I'll just use him as an example, not that he's done this, but like Isaac McClung, mm. he's a fantastic singer-songwriter. Like, okay. he is just amazing. So if you have not, guys, if you haven't checked him out, you need to. He mm. is 100% A-plus human being. He's fantastic. His music is great. Um, He's gained a following where he doesn't need to play for free. Mm. Whether he chooses to or not, I don't know. But that guy, you know... He deserves to be paid something. He deserves to be treated um, like a professional. Mm-hmm. Now, if someone that's just starting out that doesn't really have that, I'll be respectful as long as you're respectful. But mm-hmm. if you're demanding stuff and telling me, well, you know who I am? Well, no, no, I don't. Right. But, you know, <laughs> the, so, you know, without sounding like a jerk. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. In the end, this is a business. Exactly. <laughs> and... Put money up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, um, you know, uh, Chili's isn't going to come out and like demand your money and tell you all this kind of <laughs> crazy stuff. So if you're essentially a small business, then why would you, why would you make yourself look bad? Right. Or, or double your prices just because you think your food's great or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which, you know, I don't know if Chili's does that, but. Right. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, Chili's food's okay. It's yeah, not like, yeah, you're right. I'm not going to pay $20 for a taco. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so what makes, oh, what is appealing about having people go to Ada, Oklahoma, to go <laughs> see live music? Well, um, the appeal is that um, 
Ada has a, you know, fantastic group of people that support live music. Mm. You know, with uh, Dave and Deanna Piercy, uh, with the entire, you know, HMA crew, you know, with the Vintage 22 crowd, The Lot, uh, Karen Hudson, you know, uh, John Bomboy, all these great people. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of, you know, talented musicians coming out of Ada or that play in Ada. Yeah. So whenever you come to Ada, um, we're a small town. Mm-hmm. You know, their tagline, small town, big opportunities. Sure. You know, which is a little <laughs> bit kind of... Uh, Cookie cutter, <laughs> but you know, sure. Um, but you'll get people that really appreciate music, mm-hmm. and you'll get people that really, if they know that um, you're being truthful and you're being honest with yourself, and you're really mm-hmm. playing music that you want to play and that is very uh, near and dear to your heart, mm-hmm. then they'll appreciate that. So, you'll get people that will um, be able to connect with you on that level, yeah. and people that will really just kind of appreciate it for what it's worth. Yeah. And that's art, you know, and art should be appreciated. Mm-hmm. How does booking in Ada compare to, and I don't know if you've booked for like OKC and stuff like that, but like how I does have, that yeah. compare to, you know, hey, here's a huge expansive town versus a smaller town and, you know, less competition, I guess. Well, I think um, it, it there is some competition because I have done some bookings for um, – the uh, the blue note, mm-hmm. um, you know, and shout outs to Matt Kirk and Liz Hare for letting me do that. Mm-hmm. But um, there, uh, I think with with like the blue note, there definitely is more people there, mm-hmm. and it, and obviously in the Oklahoma City area, you're going to have more people in general. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good, but there's also more things going on. Whereas mm-hmm. in Ada, there's the idea is that people say, well, there's nothing to do in Ada. Sure, you know, which isn't true. Um, in Ada, you'll have maybe lesser things going on. Mm. So people that come to Vintage 22 or the lot will come there knowing what you know, knowing what they'll expect, knowing mm. that they're gonna they're gonna be able to see Isaac McClung or Electra and Jarvix or mm. the Indigos or Bocado or Layers of Pink or you know whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the uh, there's that positive and negative. Oklahoma City, you get more people. But sometimes people, and this isn't uh, to crap on Oklahoma City, but some people are just kind of just disinterested, I think, or there's just more stuff to do. And whereas in Ada, there's less to do. So it's like either go to Vintage 22 or the lot or, you know. Or go home. Yeah, go home (laughs) or back road or whatever it is they do. Yeah. You're giving something for the town to do. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um. What is the struggle in making it happen? Um, like, how do you change the culture to be I think, more embracing of live music in these I, small towns? That's a good question. Um, I think just trying to get it established. and Because essentially what you're doing nowadays is you're competing with people's um, need to sit at home. Mm-hmm. Because, because we have technology and technology is absolutely wonderful sure but because you can stream netflix on your phone or watch hulu on your laptop or because you can do those things in the comfort of your own home and you don't have to go out Mm -hmm. uh you know like in some cases like why would you Mm -hmm. more people are content with just staying at home and getting out of their house yeah whereas if they go to 
a bar or they go to see a band, they might have to pay a $5 cover Mm -hmm. or they might have to get up, get dressed and go out and sit through a band. Maybe they thought, Maybe what they don't want to listen to to get to a band that they don't want to listen to. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of it's more about comfort, I guess. But you know we're uh, we're trying we're trying like hell yeah, yeah. to try to get people mm-hmm. to come out, and it's Ada's definitely gotten better. You know, uh, especially with um, Ada Fest, mm-hmm. which is what we do uh, a festival that um, cl- a uh, great collective of people mm-hmm. come together. And we're able to put that on. So yeah. it's a it's festival. It happens at the end of August every year. Mm-hmm. Um, this past year, we just had the uh, Nixon's headline. Mm-hmm. And then um, my really good friend Zobron got to play. Isaac played that show. Conflict of Interest got to play the main stage. Plus, there was numerous side stages that all these other great bands got to play. Mm-hmm. So um, by circling back to your question, uh, just getting people to like care i guess yeah and getting people to know like hey you say there's nothing to do in ada okay well here's something to do mm-hmm. but you're also almost always you're always going to have people that are uh detractors people mm-hmm. that are going to say well i don't i don't like that band or i don't like that kind of genre mm-hmm. or i don't like this or i don't like that so local music sucks yeah exactly <laughs> yeah you'll you'll get that so yeah <laughs> whatever yeah um <laughs> What are artists that you are super excited about? Like super excited about? Yeah. Um, as far as just seeing or like records or um, whatever stands out to you the most. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm I am always gonna be like a I always appreciate good music. Mm-hmm. So if I see that your band is um, appealing to me and it kind of speaks to me then yeah definitely or it makes me feel something mm-hmm. it's kind of like with like I'm a huge pro wrestling fan cool so yeah exactly <laughs> so with uh, pro wrestling is uh, the idea is like why would you care why would why does it matter if you win or lose if the audience doesn't care Right, right. Why why it's important, why winning is important, or why losing is important. Mm-hmm. So for me is like why why would I dig your band if I don't feel that you're really putting yourself into it? Yeah. And if it doesn't like ignite some kind of emotion in me and like you know, and that's not to say there aren't other bands that I've seen that I thought were good and just mm-hmm. didn't like, you know, there's definitely that's definitely happened. Yeah. But um bands that I've uh, I'm friends with you know, definitely helps. Like, uh, yeah, like this um, this weekend, um, I'm going to go see my buddies in Silver Tongue Devil down okay. in Dallas, and they're mm-hmm. playing their CD release show. So I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about uh, Turbo Wizard just released mm-hmm. a new record. I'm excited about that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the guys in Crowbone are working on something. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. So it's just, um, and it especially going to these shows, it, it's almost like a reunion because you see all these people that you're friends with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you're, you know, and then you get to kind of, you know, hug each other and then, you know, <laughs> stand next to each other and kind of mm-hmm. rock your head and listen to a killer band. Yeah. Um, Are you able to sort of reel people in that, like, aren't involved in music? Because from, from my experience, a lot of the people that I see at shows are really just other musicians. 
And and it's great because it's like musicians are supporting musicians. And it's great. We all know each other. Careful there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that earlier. But like, how uh, are you able to reel in like, hey, you know, I'm just a construction worker, but I, I just really like the local music. Right. Scene or um, yes and no. Um, <laughs> I know in Ada that we're we're getting we're better at it than we are before. Mm-hmm. And um and getting people to care and getting people to come out. Mm-hmm. Um so there have been instances where people have come out and people have um uh cared more. Mm-hmm. And that's great. That's absolutely, you know. Yeah. And uh you're not going to be able to build a music scene just with musicians supporting musicians. Right. You need the casuals to kind of <laughs> care, you need people like yourself, the construction workers and the <laughs> service workers and all the other non-music people to kind of care. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, it is about money. It is about, sure. you know, if, and people can say, well, like, I play for the passion of the music. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. Yeah. And if you're okay with doing that and doing that on the weekends and playing free shows, then mm-hmm. sure. But if you're talented and you're ambitious and you're hardworking, then you can kind of parlay that into yeah. making some money or you, you know, you exactly. can meet a lot of really cool people. So, um, yeah, we're, we're definitely, especially with the Ada Fest, um, is that we're getting the whole community to come out. People mm-hmm. that normally wouldn't come out to support bands are seeing a lot of, you know, talented musicians mm-hmm. and a lot of killer bands yeah you know so shout outs to the eight of community for doing that and you know and mm-hmm. I, I really have to kind of tip my hat to guys like david piercy and john bonboy for really in the especially in the early days kind of really i say early days in the early days of my career i'm really mm-hmm. hustling and trying to get people to care mm-hmm. you know and there was um david's told me stories about where he's almost begged people to come out yeah and you know and it's and so it's uh and with some success so mm-hmm. and same thing with john you know john's kind of i i witnessed him numerous times on facebook hey come out this is a great show you don't want to miss it and people have come out mm-hmm. just out of curiosity i think but yeah. yeah yeah um what's been a hard lesson that you've learned while working in music um i think not to get my hopes up not mm-hmm. to think that every band is going to say yes or and there have been some shows that I've tried to set up that I've tried to set up or bands I've tried to get that just unfortunately couldn't do it and I just thought to myself like man that'd be this for my own interest like mm-hmm. that'd be really cool to see those person that person or that band or and I I think that um the hard lesson would be learning that people aren't always honest <laughs> and be and I mean yeah. uh, that seems like a bit naive of me but I just thought that I assumed that all musicians had a professional hood yeah. about them, mm-hmm. that all they were all like um, definitely able to uh, treat this like a business and treat this, you know, mm-hmm. um, with integrity. But unfortunately, sometimes that happens. And some of those people were my friends, is mm-hmm. people that they didn't take it seriously. And that's kind of, that's always yeah. disheartening. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, you would think that like, we're all struggling musicians. We're all, you know, we're trying to make music in Oklahoma. It's hard enough as it is. You right. don't have to put dishonesty on top of that yeah, to like right. make things worse for everyone. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, a little bit broader philosophical questions. Actually, no, before I get to those. Oh, okay. Um, 
what is the goal of your career? What's like the the pie in the sky? Like, um, if I could do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, early on, like I've said to myself, like, okay, well, especially with that first show, I thought to myself, okay, well, if I can just get a hundred people out. That'd be great. And then we did that. And then like, okay, well, if we can get over 100, okay, we did that. And then so early on, it was definitely about these smaller goals. Well, if we can do a show at the Elks Lodge, that'd be great. Okay, mm-hmm. we did that. We did several. Yeah. Um, if I could use this platform to do a charity benefit and help people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then we did that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You know, I, I was able to do uh, numerous charities for uh or charity benefits for um paul's animal shelter for the uh family crisis center there in ada and a few cancer benefits uh one for um calvin champagne who is the son of uh Derek champagne good friend mm-hmm. of mine um we were able to do a benefit show for um uh my buddy travis and then um, the one that i'm really proud of is we were able to do a cancer benefit for um uh, my best friend Logan, his dad Philip Wood, you know the mm-hmm. great Philip Wood. So um, it, it's definitely rewarding to have to accomplish all these small goals. Mm-hmm. But the big goal is, and it's not even like I don't ever have an ego about this. This is I know this isn't about me, but um, just getting people to know that Ada is a cool place to play music. Yeah, and that there is a place between Oklahoma City, Tulsa towards Dallas and it's Ada, Oklahoma mm-hmm. to get people to say, to tr- get people to treat, talk about Ada in the same cusp as uh, like Norman or Oklahoma city mm-hmm. or Tulsa. You know? Yeah. 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 I mean, even Oklahoma city isn't quite Tulsa yet. So yeah. it's like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but getting on that next level and mm-hmm. getting people um, on a statewide basis to know like, Hey, Ada, Oklahoma is a killer place to play. Exactly. Music. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it's already kind of getting to that point. Like well, I can, I can kind of see how like Ada is becoming a place. <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, good. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess if <laughs> I guess if that happens within the next year, then I gotta find something else to do. <laughs> um. So then, one of the broader philosophical questions: What is selling out if it is such a thing? <laughs> um. See that that's a really good question. Uh at least in my experience, I think because almost always I book bands that I'm either a fan of, that I generally like, mm-hmm. or even if if not, bands that I think that would do well or bands that mm-hmm. a lot of people like I'm not, you know, I don't know. Like I'm not a huge fan of some of the bands, but if I know that it will generate interest and people will come out mm-hmm. and ultimately spend money at Vintage or the Lot or mm-hmm. Grandview or wherever, then you know, yeah, that's fine. You know, I'm okay with doing that. It's not always mm-hmm. about me, you know. But um I think selling out for me, at least as a booker promoter, is just giving into like the norm and not taking mm-hmm. chances and not saying like okay well i know no one knows this band but i think they're really good so uh, we should bring them in mm-hmm. and we should get interest and we should get people to care yeah um and just kind of going with the same cookie cutter band and that okay. that exists in every genre mm-hmm. you have you know millions of like pantera is a great band mm-hmm. but you have numerous bands that play pantera style music right you know you have uh you know 
Garth Brooks's <laughs> great singer songwriter. You know, I don't, mm. you know, not a fan of the guy's music, but I can recognize his talents. Right. But you have numerous people that play Garth Brooks type of music, mm-hmm. and I guess the selling out for me would just be rehashing that same genre or those same bands, mm-hmm. where it almost gets stale and stagnant and boring. Yeah. Um. Another one. Do you separate art from the artist? Um, in what way? Do you mean like I can appreciate someone's art without appreciating? Yeah, person? well, like uh, the prime example lately, uh, R. Kelly. You know, uh-huh. you'd say it's like great music, but also the whole terrible human being. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's hard. It definitely is. And I think that. Um, you know, and like I said, I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. So with like the Crispin Wall story. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I can appreciate his talents in the ring. Mm-hmm. But in that instance, I can't, you know, I don't think anyone can condone what he did. That's right. horrific. So he also um, had severe brain damage. So that's, yeah, yeah. That's arguably more okay, but that's well, yeah, there was that. It's not like and, R. Kelly has severe brain damage. Uh, He's actually just doing that crap. <laughs> well he <laughs> He might. I don't know, man. He's <laughs> out there urinating on people. Yeah, that's, exactly. Uh, that's not a sound person. But uh, <laughs> um, at least in my book, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> I don't know where you folks roam. So, uh, But I, I think it's hard, mm. you know. Um, but I think that you can, at least for me, like, I can appreciate someone's music, someone's line of work, but not really support them. Sometimes that sometimes that is hard because, mm. you know, you, uh, you know, Arch is made to be appreciated. It's mm. made to be, you know, shared and loved. Um, so I guess yes and no. Mm. That's not like an exact answer, but. Mm-hmm. Um, why, uh, why performing arts? Why not, you know, visual art or the boating or something i don't know i'm just pulling random things but why <laughs> why these boating things might be interesting I don't <laughs> know. i've never attended um i think for me as far as like as far as um like stage theater or music mm. or pro wrestling or you know i think it's uh like performing arts definitely captures you it kind of ignites all those senses so you're listening to you know, someone play music that they, that you know that they stayed at home, they wrote, they poured a lot of their emotions into, Mm. and you can appreciate it. You're seeing them, you know, strum the guitar or play the drums. Mm -hmm. You know, you can kind of almost feel the, uh, the energy that's coming from it. Mm. So, and it, and it pulls you in and it kind of, and it's, I think one of the best compliments I can give a band or give, um, someone that is performing theater Mm -hmm. or, is that you just kind of get lost in those moments. Mm-hmm. You get lost in that, uh, those moments of seeing them perform their craft. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what's most important. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, if you're reading a book, well, you know, books can also do that. But if you're looking at a piece of art or you're something like that, maybe it doesn't really encompass all the other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, can music save the world? Um, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I I think that music is, is great. It's wonderful, but I think that, and it's one of the most important things in the world, Mm. but 
no, I, you know, unfortunately not. As much as that breaks my heart, I think sure. that some people just are, they're meant to destroy. And that's, <laughs> I mean, I think we as humans inherently are. And I think that, you know, we, more people consume than give out. I'll and, get to that point later. Yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then what's something that people don't normally know about you? Hmm. Interesting. Someone that doesn't know. Um, a lot of my friends don't know that I used to rap in high school. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I suppose so. I, a good friend of mine, uh, Dakota, Dakota Brazier, he, uh, he and another friend of mine, uh, Matt, we used to rap in this little group, mm. but that's, it, that's really embarrassing. So it's <laughs> like, uh, I don't really often go out and tell people that. Right. And I think a lot of my friends didn't know that, I grew up like stomp dancing sure, and doing sure. stuff like that. So yeah, just that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, uh, what advice do you have for people getting into this field? Um, know what, be organized. Mm. Um, because sometimes I'm not the best organized person, <laughs> but being organized and knowing what you want from the artist, knowing mm-hmm. what you want from the venue, knowing what you want from yourself. Yeah. So, uh, and just making sure that people are looking at you and you're, you're, you're the one in charge. You're there. You're the link between the artist and the venue. Yeah. So knowing that and being a good communicator, communicating, yeah. okay, well, we can do this amount for this much or for, you know, this, this amount of time. Mm. And, you know, oh, okay, well, the band doesn't want to do that, but mm. or the band is bringing their own PA or, you know, just being a good communicator yeah, yeah. and making sure that you're being organized. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I have all of my bookings listed in my phone and it's back saved on Google Draw or Google, whatever their sure, thing sure. is. Yeah. And it's, um, so that helps me stay organized. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, things like that, little healthy habits. Be prepared. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, all right, changing gears and there's no good transition to do it. So what is the role of spirituality or religion in your life? Um, well, let's see. (laughs) Well, I'm not really, I'm not really religious. Mm. You know, I I was raised Mormon and that's kind of, that will kind of scare anybody, I think. (laughs) Uh, but, uh, uh, I think that as far as spirituality I mean, you know, being secular, mm-hmm. it's treating, putting good out in the world, mm-hmm. treating people fair, you know, uh, when someone treats you good, rehash that, reform it and treat the other person good. Someone treats you bad, you know, recognize those feelings, but just let it go. Learn to let it go. It doesn't, it doesn't, ultimately it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And of course there are times to defend yourself yeah. when it comes and tries to <laughs> physically assault you. Yeah. Defend sure. yourself. But, um, I think that as far as one of the good things religion taught taught me was just trying to treat people good, treat people fair. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and the, uh, there's the, uh, there's like an old, um, old wise tale almost, um, in the Choctaw tradition where you treat people like they got a broken foot. Mm-hmm. So there's the village and someone's got a broken foot. The village comes together. They, you know, treat that person, get that mm-hmm. person back to walking again and then so that person can reformulate and treat someone else good 
that's mm. got a broken foot or yeah. some other injury. So I think um, as far as organized religion, that doesn't really play a factor in my life. Sure. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is your definition of God, if you have one? Um, you know, I think that um, for me, I think God is self. God is you. And I think that God is anything that you put um, your love and heart emotion into. So yeah. God could be your family or God could be, you know, your husband or your wife or, you know, your kids or, you know, so anything that you kind of hold above yourself. Yeah. So I think that, um, I think just that, just, you know, any anything that's more important than you. Yeah. That's one of the more interesting ways I've heard someone answer that question. I like that a lot. <laughs> well, <laughs> God is a white guy for, that was born in the Middle East. No, not really. <laughs> right, right. I don't, it might be. Who knows? Um, is free will an illusion? Um, you know, George Orwell would say yes. <laughs> um, that's a good question. Yes and no. I think that, I think uh, Bill Hicks would say, you know, at least in the United States, <laughs> we're all, you're only as free as, you know, we want you to be. Mm. So I think there is limits to it. Mm. You can, you definitely have the free will to go out and do, to play music mm -hmm. or to, you know, start a salon or start a small business. Mm. But if you start doing things that a lot of people don't like, they'll, people have a habit of, putting that stuff to an end, <laughs> you know, and, and unfortunately, you know, we, we live in like a uh, money dominated and, you know, country where some of those people are afforded more strikes than others. Yeah. Um, but I think that, um, I think that free will is limited. Mm. I think that free will is you're able to be, I always go back to what Bill Hicks said is you're only as free as we want you to be. Mm. So someone that has power over you or someone that is above you and the, the kind of quote unquote big brother, mm. you're only as free as they kind of want you to be really. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's a nice thing and it's a nice thought that we have free will, mm. but there's limits Maybe to not it. completely. Yeah. Not, not really. No. Um, how do you determine what good behavior is? Um, I think that good behavior is anything that uh, makes you feel good. So if I, you know, if you're going through a tough time and I sit and I talk with you and I say, hey, look, you know, this is what I'm going through. And I kind of share similar experiences with you and I kind of sit with you and talk with you and be a good mm -hmm. friend to you. That is good behavior. Yeah. Good behavior is being, you know, honest and being truthful. But there's but that also comes with being honest with yourself. Yeah. You know, you have to be good to yourself every once in a while. Yeah. So I think that good behavior is anything that makes you in turn feel good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, how do we reduce the division more notably politically, but just um, in general as well? <laughs> in general, I think that um, being empathetic, mm -hmm. surrounding yourself with people that aren't like you. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that um, listing... And really trying to digest what people say, think, and feel. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not, um, you know, I have a lot of, uh, of a lot of, you know, gay and trans friends, mm -hmm. a lot of people that um, identify in all, you know, spectrums.
But um, I was not always like that. You know, I was, you know, of course, raised Mormon, and they're very uh, strict opponents mm-hmm. of, you know, same-sex marriage, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know. But, um, and I don't, I don't know, you know, Joseph Smith might have a revolution and kind of cast that <laughs> down to whoever, and then they'll probably change that. Because I didn't mm-hmm. like black people up until, like, 1978. Sure. Yeah, so, but then God changed his mind on that, so I don't know. <laughs> but uh, um, I think that surrounding yourself with people that are like you and trying to really understand how this person operates, mm-hmm. operates rather. And sometimes, you know, that's sometimes people are just uh, sick and sometimes people aren't. They don't have your best interests in mind. Some people aren't good people. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of recognizing what you can kind of take from that and just, you know, moving on. Yeah. And then that kind of, and once you, you're familiar with other people, that you see them more like yourself, mm-hmm. and then there's no division. Yeah. Um, kind of an extension of that. Uh, how do you live with or against the selfishness that kind of pervades American culture? Um, I think. I think it really goes back to being empathetic mm-hmm. and, and knowing that there are people that aren't in the same positions as you and trying to treat people fair and treat people honest. Yeah. And um, I think that doing things for other people and being, you can't be everybody's friend, obviously, mm-hmm. but being friends to those people that make you feel good. Yeah. And the people that harm you or the people that come against you, learning to accept those feelings and understand them, but then ultimately let it go. Yeah. And um, I think that uh, that will lead to you being less selfish. But unfortunately, we are humans. So unfortunately, sometimes those thoughts and feelings are in our head still. Yeah. All right. Well, that's where that question is. Um, Are humans inherently bad um i don't think so no okay. i think that i think that people get corrupt mm-hmm. and people i think where it gets tricky is people get in situations that they know aren't good mm-hmm. or they do things that they know aren't good so that can start kind of small sometimes you lie to people or sometimes you tell people that you make up a situation mm-hmm. and then or and then with that you kind of justify those actions mm-hmm. those small actions and that kind of grows into uh you know something else you know there's, a, there's another story i don't want to feel like i'm the native american guy that's dropping all this wisdom <laughs> on you but uh you know my uh, my dad had told me there was a story about where a boy was going to get food for, you know, his village, his people. Mm-hmm. So he walks by this uh, on this dirt path. And there's like a small garden snake. So, you know, he's afraid. He's scared. He's just a small kid. So the fear is more, is larger than the actual animal. So he mm-hmm. runs, you know, runs back and fortunately finds like a bush with, you know, some fruits and stuff on it. And then he takes that, takes it back to his dad and says, hey, dad, you know, I went and got this, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So then his dad says, okay, great. You know, well, next week you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to go get the same kind of food. Mm-hmm. So then the boy knows, okay, well, I can just go get those apples or whatever from that tree or from that bush, bring it back. And then, you know, that will kind of 
make me look good. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, so then there's that lie. Mm-hmm. So then eventually over time, that snake gets bigger and bigger and bigger mm-hmm. until you get to a point where even though you try to combat that problem, you can't because mm-hmm. it's it's a large snake that will indefinitely kill you. Whereas before it was just a small garden snake. You can kind of mm-hmm. step over it, let him go on his way. Uh, so I think with people, they get, that's corruption. People mm-hmm. get corrupt in that small little bit of way and then it just kind of balloons and then it's just, yeah. and they're pegged evil. And some people just aren't. And there are some people that are unfortunately more susceptible to evil thoughts than other mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Um. What are you optimistic about for our future? Um. Hmm. That's that's an interesting question. I think change. You know, I think that change for the better. I'm optimistic in that. Just kind of seeing where progress has, you know, came. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know, uh, at least, especially in the United States, um, there was a time where. People of color couldn't associate with other, mm-hmm. you know, with the broad, predominantly white people. So, or there were, and then that changed. And then there was, you know, gay rights. And then there was eventually trans rights and women's rights. So just kind of seeing progression for the good mm-hmm. and seeing how we as humans learn that we're not different, mm-hmm. that we're all humans. We have different yeah. tendencies and there are things that are different about us, but yeah. Yeah, just knowing that we're all we're all good. Yeah. Um, what makes you content? Uh, family, I think. Family and and music and um, knowing that, knowing that you know, I trying to be honest and knowing that uh, at the end of the day, if I put on a show and I book a band and I do the best job that I did, that I did everything that I could do. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the hay's already in the barn, so to speak, <laughs> you know, so it's like you already did all the preparations, the hay's already on the barn, you know, the, uh, the horses are, you know, already going to eat. So you did everything that you're supposed to do mm-hmm. and, you know, you can't do any more. Mm-hmm. So just kind of with that kind of comes content, Yeah, yeah. just being, you know, you know, being free from uh, stress. Well, sometimes, but <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you left a little less hay than you thought. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, when will you be satisfied? That's not a question that I thought of, but I got from someone else. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I don't think, I think it's good to never be satisfied, mm-hmm. you know, but I think it's also good to learn not to be greedy, to kind yeah. of learn your limitations. Mm-hmm. But you can be unsatisfied and still uh, improve yourself as a person. Yeah. But I think that also recognizing your faults comes with that. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, couple more questions. Sure, man. What advice do you have for people uh, in general? In general, be honest, be fair, be honest with yourself, be honest with other people, and uh, try to do good. Yeah. Treat people fair. Uh, people don't treat you fair. Get out of the situation. Just, you know, people are uh, toxic and you feel that they don't, 
contribute anything to your well-being, learn learn to let it go, man. Just yeah. get out of the way. Move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then lastly, cake or pie? Ooh. Um, neither, I guess. Whoa. Yeah. It's the first time I've gotten neither. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I'm not big on sweets, man. Like, I'm okay. just not. Yeah. I, I don't know. I occasionally have, like, a cookie, but I've never. <laughs> I mean... Occasionally cheesecake, but not very rarely. All right, so, all right. Yeah. I won't question your decision. I won't try and squeeze an answer out of you. <laughs> Neither's good. All right. Uh, Jesse, thank you for doing this with me. Hey, thank you. <laughs> uh, plug your stuff. What do you got going on? Okay. Well, um, <laughs> so we check out White Deer Entertainment on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, it's J White Deer on Instagram. Um, and then there's also um, Happy Land Music Alliance on Facebook, Vintage Twenty Two on Facebook, and the Lot on Facebook. So check out all those. Heck yeah, yeah, and they'll they'll let you know all of the uh, going ons in Ada because I book for both Vintage Twenty Two and the Lot. So every Friday we do every Friday at the at Vintage we do music. Mm-hmm. Um, every Saturday at the Lot, at least until the beginning of December, we're doing music. Yeah. Um, October 25th is our Halloween party at Vintage. Okay. Heck yeah, yeah. With a big empty in Bocado. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that I'm kind of excited about, or not kind of, I'm really excited about <laughs> is, uh, my four way into up comedy. So we're doing, yeah. So, um, me and three of, uh, my buddies are getting together and we're putting, um, putting together a, uh, stand-up comedy show mm-hmm. at the Grandview in Ada on November 1st. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely <laughs> check that out and check all those shows out. So, Oh, yeah. There's a lot going on in Ada. Yes. If you're, if you're driving by there or if you live in Ada and you're like, whoa, I didn't know that there was all this stuff going on. Or uh, if you live in Norman, Oklahoma City, you want to make the drive? Yeah. Come on down. Yeah. I mean, people from OKC go down to Norman every once in a while for... For shows. I mean, I I go down there every once in a while for shows. It's like, all right. And some Ada. people think it's, some people thinks it, thinks it's a uh, long drive, Norman to Oklahoma City. Mm. And it, it's not. It's not it's, that bad. Yeah. <laughs> you'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Besides, it's something different. Exactly. You, you'll see something you didn't expect. For sure. Um, Well, uh, again, thank you for doing this hey, with me. Hey, thank you. I'm Santiago Ramones. I'm Jesse Whitehair. You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music. I also have this podcast, which you can find on pretty much every podcast platform. I can't think of a podcast platform that it's not on. Uh, But you can also support the podcast through anchor.fm slash Santiago Ramones. You can give money every month or you can just give money uh i guess if you wanted to also give me money you could just like buy my demo that's on Bandcamp and just choose however much money you want to give me i don't know uh but if you like the podcast if you think you want to support it there are ways to do that you can also support it not with money and leave reviews and comments and stuff let me know what you think um and What's the other thing? Oh, yeah, another thing involving money. I'm, I'm getting married next week, so... Hey, congrats. It, it, thanks. Um, 
So if you want to support me, you could go to tgt.gifts slash or slash Sabliago. That's a hard thing to do, but uh, <laughs> we're registered through Target. And if you look up Sabliago, uh, that'll be our, our URL for uh, our registry. So <laughs> if you want to give us gifts, <laughs> that's a way to do it. I'm going to buy you some gummy worms for your oh, wedding. Heck yeah. I don't <laughs> think that's on the thing, but I guess you can. Sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was in my podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong.